You're listening to the Baptist Bulletin Podcast, a program dedicated to advocating for a biblical worldview by encouraging Christian growth and ministry from a biblical perspective. Well, welcome to the Baptist Bulletin Podcast. I'm Mike Kess. I serve as the National Rep of the GRBC, and I'm thankful to have my good friend Claire Jewell with me today. Claire is the Ministry Director within the GRBC of Generate. And uh, Claire, tell us a little bit about what Generate does and how that functions and maybe a little bit about yourself personally. Yeah, Generate is the, like you said, kind of the financing grant giving arm of the JRBC. And our mission is to fuel the health and reproduction of churches and leaders within the JRBC. So primarily we give grants to churches to help with residencies, to help with church plants, even sometimes to help refurbish facilities for missional purposes. And then we also give grants for church renewal or revitalization. And then we have disaster relief as well. That's cool. That's great. And you and your wife, Adana, have been married for how long? On Monday, it will be 40 years. Wow. So Praise God. Anniversary. Congratulations. Yeah, thank and you. I would imagine. You should congratulate her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'll be sure to do that. Um, and God's good. And God's yeah. given you a great family and grandchildren as well. And yeah. you travel extensively and uh, you share your passion with, with many churches throughout the year all over the country and sometimes travel internationally as well. Uh, one of the things that people understand, a lot of people listening to this right now within our fellowship have been helped by Generate, formerly called uh, Baptist Builders Club. Every church I go into, I look at their file, their history with us as an association. More times than not, sometime in their past, they were helped with a grant or a no-interest loan. This is such a valuable, helpful ministry, and we're grateful for the resources God provides us with. But today, we have to face this. We're at a crisis. There's fewer and fewer pastors the vast majority of churches are dying. We don't like to talk about this, but uh, we have to bring this up. Even some of the marquee churches within the GRBC 20, 30 years ago, they're not in existence today, or uh, they're a fraction of what they used to be. So based on your experience and what you're seeing, Claire, why are so many churches dying? Yeah, it's a great question. Obviously, it's a complicated answer and probably somewhat varies from church to church. But um, if I had put my finger on, like, say, three primary reasons, and I'll, I'll just tick them off quickly. But one would be an inward focus. Mm. So churches have become focused on themselves, running programs to meet the needs of the people in the church rather than developing relationships with people outside the church. And I think that's really key. Even churches that do, quote, outreach usually do a program instead of facilitating the building of relationships. And so people in our church equate being involved in serving at the program mm -hmm. with outreach. And it's not the same yeah. thing because they're not building a relationship with a lost mm -hmm. person. So that would be one inward focus. Two would be a lack of disciple making. Um, and I've actually become more and more particular about this over the years, but disciple making this intentional in the context of a relationship. So I'm not talking about uh, discipleship, like what happens from the pulpit or what happens in Sunday school or small groups. I'm talking about Jesus style withness 
Mm. You know, I'm going to be with this person and walk through life with them mm -hmm. and disciple them in the process that we're, we're just not doing that. We're not moving people from a stage of spiritual infancy through childhood into adulthood and even spiritual parenthood so that they become a reproducing disciple. That would be second. And then third, there's kind of a maintenance mentality. A survival would be a better word. Mm -hmm a survival mentality. And once we get to that point where we're trying to, we make decisions to hold on to what we have, I think the, you know, we've signed our death warrant. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of time once we've crossed that bridge. And, and it happens under the name of good stewardship, mm -hmm. but at the same time, we're violating real key principles mm -hmm. of faith uh, that Christ talked about in the parable of the talents. Mm -hmm. You know, he's given us something we're supposed to be, pushing it on the table, doing something mm -hmm. with it, um, not just sitting on it, hoping to survive till we retire or survive till we die, whatever the case might be. Yeah, it's so sad to see this in church after church. And for you to go to these churches and say, it doesn't have to be that way. It, yeah. it can be different. So how can the GRBC help? When you look at our fellowship, this is what a lot of pastors are asking as they listen to this, or church members for that matter, you're a part of a fellowship. Why do we exist? And how can this association or fellowship of churches help their dying church? Yeah, I think one, just having this kind of a conversation, mm -hmm. you know, and engaging guys, especially pastors in honest conversations, you know, open, transparent would be a better word than honest, but transparent conversations about what's really happening. You know, and to talk about things that maybe aren't so comfortable to talk mm -hmm. about. But mm -hmm. Sometimes that means, you know, it's grace, yes, but it's also truth. You yeah. know, and so it may mean saying something that's a little bit uncomfortable to say. Um, within pastors themselves within the GRBC, I think it's encouraging each other, coming alongside of one another and offering assistance to each other which also means being willing to accept it. And I think sometimes there's a lack of humility. Um, so there's a lack of servanthood on the part of some, not willing to go out and say, what can I do to help my brother? What can I do to help this other church? But oftentimes that's precipitated by a lack of humility on the other end, mm -hmm. where somebody's unwilling to maybe admit that they need help or unwilling to turn over quote, control, as if we're supposed to control this anyway, you know, right. um, and they're not really willing to relinquish maybe some of their um, oh pet peeves that they're holding on yeah. to. Well, I, I can't change this no matter what. Mm -hmm. And so if you're going to change that, then I'm not going to let you come in and help me revitalize this church. Do you get a lot of resistance from pastors when you have those kinds of conversations? So when you go to state meetings, churches and you present this, that it requires humility. You got to ask some hard questions. Do pastors typically give you a lot of pushback or are they eager to learn and grow? No, actually, I, I just, that's a great question to ask me right now, because I just spoke at the uh, Rocky Mountain Association, mm -hmm. the Delmarva Association, mm -hmm. Baptist Network Northwest, mm -hmm. and I'm leaving one out. But um, so I've just been at like four regional conferences in the last eight mm -hmm. weeks. And I would say, no, the exact opposite. The response has been really, really positive. Fantastic. And guys are recognizing, yes, this is what needs to change, which tells me even more, it kind of confirms that it is the problem. Yeah. So when you talk about intentional disciple making in a relationship, in a relational environment to move people, 
towards spiritual parenthood and pastors are responding like, wow, you know, yeah. this is what, then you know, okay, really, this is not happening, mm-hmm. you know? So the response has been very good to answer yeah. that question. Yeah. Um, but what would be interesting to measure is then the passive resistance, perhaps when the guys go back to their churches, what happens then? And I'm not sure how to measure that, how to, you know, be more aware of what's what's happening as a result. But no, there's been a very grateful for the openness and receptivity of guys mm-hmm. to the things that we're talking about. And part of that's because it comes straight from the mission. You know, I've never met I've never met a pastor who says my dream always going through seminary and an internship growing up sensing God leading me into ministry is my dreams to pastor a church that's declining and about to die. (laughs) And they've never said that. So I I think there's a frustration there because so many churches are declining. And when I tell them the GRBC has this, that we can, we can offer consultation, we can grant help. uh, There's ways we can even help financially. The antennas go up and they had no idea that we could do that. And that there's other guys talking about this, Uh, And you can reach out for help, but it does require humility. So along those lines, Claire, we've talked a lot about this uh, because there's so many churches in need of pastors and fewer and fewer men going into the ministry. Define for us what it means to reproduce leaders, because we beat that same drum everywhere we go. I write about it a lot. I encourage pastors to invest in this. What does that mean? What does it look like for a church to reproduce leaders? Well, that's a really good question. I'm kind of chuckling because that's the question I'm going to be really digging into over the next year. I'm actually doing my doctoral project Mm -hmm. on even what is the definition of a leader in a church? What does that really mean? Are we, are we just talking about positions of leadership? So I need, you know, deacons or I need elders or Sunday school teachers, whatever, women's leaders, whatever the case might be. Or are we talking about the ability to reproduce yourself in the life of another person? Mm -hmm. And obviously both of those are leadership. They're just different forms and different ways of looking at it. But ultimately what we're talking about is creating a process or developing a process by which we invest in other people so that they grow from where they are to where God's given them the potential Mm -hmm. to be. And we allow the Holy Spirit to release you know, his power quite bluntly, but also the giftedness of that person mm-hmm. to serve the greater body of Christ. So I look at it like it's it emerges out of disciple making. Mm-hmm. So when you take the problem that I articulated earlier with disciple making not occurring, that really helps explain why we're lacking leaders in a lot of cases. So it's really investing in a guy saying, OK, and, and, and I'll kind of wrap up that the concept this way is, all right, is this a person who can lead themselves? Mm-hmm. So if they can't lead themselves, then we got to start there. You know, biblical character, mm-hmm. spiritual disciplines, you know, reading the Bible, praying, mm-hmm. you know, all those basic things. And then is this a person now that can lead other people? You know, and then from there, you start moving up into more maybe positional roles. With, okay, they can lead people. Can they lead a group? Can they lead leaders? And can they lead a ministry? Mm-hmm. And so that would be, those would be like steps on a leadership pipeline. And I think what we have to do is define what competencies are necessary. What am I looking for to say, yes, this person can lead himself or herself. 
And then what am I looking for to say, yeah, this person can lead others? Mm -hmm. And what competency skills do they have to say this person can lead leaders or they can lead a group or a ministry? Yeah, and that that's important because every church, this is the good news if you're listening to this. A lot of times we hear podcasts, we go to conferences and we think, well, they've got massive budgets, a lot of people. It doesn't matter the size of your church. You can do this. Yeah. Jesus was doing it with 12 men. And so we can do this as well. So please take heart to that, church leaders, pastors listening to this. This is something you can do. And if I could, Claire, just um, encourage churches as to what you see, how they can develop a disciple-making culture. So uh, church member, pastor listening to this saying, this isn't where we're at. I'd like to get there. How can we go about this? We have decades of decline looking at our future, there's no strategic plan. Uh, we just don't know what our passion and vision is for the church. How can a church of any size develop a disciple-making culture? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a really, really good question that would take a little while to answer. Sure. But I'll, I'll, so I'll give you a kind of a short version of it. <clears throat> but I think one would be Start out really basic. What is a disciple? Do you, does your church have a definition of what it means to be a disciple? Mm -hmm. So we've adopted um, math. When I say we, I mean I work with ABWE, and right. as I teach it, just me personally, I've adopted this simple definition: Matthew four nineteen. Follow me, I will make you fishers, fishers of men. Yeah. So follow is there somebody who follows Jesus Christ? They're being changed by Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. I will make you into something you aren't yet. Yeah. And they're making disciples like Jesus. Could you post this on your social media so people could see this? Sure. If they're friends yeah. with you. I think that'd be super helpful. Yeah. If you did that. Yeah. yeah so that helps. So, all right. Now we know what a disciple is. Now, everybody, you know, might have a different verse they go to mm -hmm. and define it a little bit differently. But I, I, you know, I'd be pretty certain you'd become pretty close to that definition. Yeah. Uh, from the gospel. So one is to define it. And then, okay, secondly, define what does it look like to establish a path mm -hmm. of saying, okay, where do we want this disciple to go? If they're following Jesus, what does that look like? And so have we clearly defined stages? So the stages I like to use come straight from the Bible. I didn't come up with this. Um, other people have written about it, but I like it because it, it follows life. Mm -hmm. So I'm spiritually dead. You know, mm -hmm. Ephesians 2 certainly talks about that. That I'm born again. Again, mm -hmm. Ephesians 2, John 3. And I'm a spiritual child. I mean, Paul and John talk about spiritual children. Mm -hmm. They're not growing up. Um, the key character trait for a spiritual dead person is, you know, they, they're, un, they're in unbelief. The infant is ignorant. You know, they just don't know anything yet. The spiritual child is a consumer. And so we want to move them young adulthood, then they become a contributor. They start engaging mm. and then moving them toward um, spiritual parenthood. So the first step would be define what a disciple is. Secondly, all right, make it clear. What is the path you're asking people to follow mm. and how are they going to navigate that path? The third thing, and in some ways it is actually the first thing is for you as the pastor, if I'm talking to pastors here, you know, for you as a pastor to start discipling somebody. So I disciple three young guys right now, very all right in late 20s, early 30s that really want to engage in church planning. So I disciple yeah. them. I just asked for prayer today that, you know, I want to start discipling somebody um, at the beginning stage, you know, mm -hmm. from unbelief. And it's been a little while 
since mm-hmm. I've done it. And most of my discipling work is at the other end of the scale. Right. But um, but for you to model that and then to celebrate it, get your leadership team. So if I was going back, went back in the pastorate today, how I would start changing the culture, I would start discipling three guys. I'd find three guys. If I couldn't find three, I'd do it with one. Secondly, I would teach and model and require my deacons or elders or both to do the same thing, mm-hmm. to start discipling somebody else. And then as that's happening, I'd start celebrating that. Yeah, I'd, I'd be talking about it in my sermons as an illustration, not to brag on myself or anything, but just, you know, so people see this as part of my life. And I'd, I'd interview deacons and elders during a sermon or during the service and say, hey, tell us about this person you're discipling. Amen. And I'd, interdu- I'd interview a person who's being discipled. Hey, what's happening in your life? What's changing? So that's a way of casting a vision that's rooted in the reality of what's actually happening on the ground rather than pie in the sky wishful thinking. Yeah, that's awesome. And again, I just want to reiterate, it's something every church can do. Every church member can do. And if you have a disciple making culture, it's something that should be a realistic expectation of every member of your church. That's kind of what they covenant to do when they, when they join a church. I, I appreciate that, Claire. And in yeah, case, Mike, if sure. I could add this yeah. just real quick, the great thing about this when I teach this in churches is I'll tell people, I, I tell my students at Corbin University the same thing is that, look, it doesn't matter what your past is, what's happened. Everybody. Everybody that's a follower of Christ can be a disciple. Amen. 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 That's awesome. Thank you. Those are helpful definitions, and I think they'll resonate well with people. Tell us a little bit more about what the GRBC has done through Generate, formerly Builders Club, with a system you've designed, kind of a program uh, through the micro networks. And then if you could uh, give us kind of the warp speed version of, of how you would explain the hub residency program and how churches and leaders can be involved in this in a way. Uh, one thing, one drum I constantly beat is your church is not better off going in alone. Yeah. Uh, thriving churches must help struggling churches. I'm convinced that's the New Testament model. We'll make more disciples that way. This world has billions of people right now and the hope of this world is local churches. So Explain a little bit about micro networks and then the hub residency program. Okay. I'm actually going to flip it if you don't sure. mind. And yeah. talk about, so the hub church is a church that we assess ahead of time. It's a very simple application process. So if a pastor said, hey, I'd like my church to host residencies to help mm-hmm. prepare guys to either revitalize churches or plant a church. It could be either one is what we get involved in as, at Generate. So what we'll do is take a look at, we have a simple application you fill out. What we're looking for is this. Do you have a track record of evangelizing adults, discipling them, and developing leaders? That's what we're looking for. And the reason we're looking for that is we want the guys that are being uh, interned there to be at a place where those three things are happening. And so then we have a kind of a set program that you can follow or you can tweak it some. We're mm-hmm. open to working with the church or even in combination with the seminary to develop the actual detailed program that the guy would follow. Um, what we do is give grants for a one year residency and it's a thousand dollars a month for a year. So it really helps subsidize their salary and the guy's required to do uh, 25 hours a week in the residency so they can even work part time. How many churches do we have doing that right now? We've got about 10 that have okay. pre-qualified to do it. Great. 
you know, and then the, the biggest problem right now is is matching residents to the churches. In fact, it's kind of funny that even in some cases, some of our larger churches have said, hey, we'll do this. Where do we get the resident from? Mm-hmm. Which goes back to what you asked me earlier. Well, I actually said to one guy, I said, well, I kind of thought a church your size, especially would be raising up guys that would do the residency right. at your church. Right. But so anyway, that's all there is to the hub residency. It's sure. just really doing like an internship. They do a residency. Data shows that one to two years is the best length for those. And it helps a guy get that kind of over that final hurdle to be ready to be sent out to lead a revitalization or plant a church. Where the micro networks come in is where several churches come together to do that and or plant churches, revitalize churches together. Okay. So a micro network, the reason for the word micro in front of it is really four or five churches. That's really mm-hmm. what we're shooting for, working together. And the question obviously would be why four or five? Mm-hmm. And the answer is because you have to have the relational equity necessary right. to trust each other enough yeah. to do this kind of ministry together. Yeah. And especially in our circles, if right. I can say it, you know, we, we've prided ourselves in our independence. Yeah. And we all have little nuances here and there yeah. that we don't agree with. So how are we going to work together to plant a church? Right. Yeah. So we that's why we're saying, hey, let's keep it to four or five. And then we coach them through um, a process of saying, okay, what's our mission? What do we want to do? Do we want to help revitalize churches, plant churches, or develop leaders? I really personally don't want to work with any network that's not interested in developing yeah. leaders because right. you can't really do the other two right. if you're not developing leaders. So what what's the mission? And then you start building relationships with guys that you want to work with. You establish some, you know, what's the doctrinal alignment that's minimum, that's mm-hmm. absolutely required. And we let the networks decide that for themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, so the degree of doctrinal alignment, that's up to them. They determine that. And then what are some of the radical minimums that we're going to require? So be at meetings once a month or once a quarter. Um, invest financially in some way. But it allows churches of various sizes to work together to raise up leaders uh, you know, some guys might be skilled in Greek. Some guy might be skilled in church history or whatever. And those guys can work together to raise up leaders and plant churches. That's great. If I could encourage, uh, again, church members, pastors listening to this, uh, if you could reach out to Claire, he's an easy guy to get a hold of. He loves to hear from pastors in churches. Uh, he has a real heart for churches and he'd love to give you a a consultation, a word of encouragement. He'd love to present in your church. Uh, so if you could, please, I'd encourage you, have Claire in your church for your conference, for your state meetings, to do a workshop of any kind. This is where it is. Uh, there's really nothing magical to this, to seeing uh, churches grow and, and seeing people come to know Christ and follow him in baptism and then grow and change into the image of Christ. It's all of us individually personally taking the responsibility to share Christ with the individuals God has brought into our lives, lock arms with them, and point them biblically in a local church context as to what it means to be a follower of Christ. Thank you, Claire. This was super helpful, and uh, we're grateful to have you as a part of our team, and uh, may the Lord continue to use you greatly for his glory. Thank you for taking the time to listen. I pray this has been a blessing and an encouragement 
also a challenge to you in the fact that God is at work today in the church. There's some discouraging things going on, but praise God, Jesus Christ is still building his church, and we're grateful for that. So may the Lord bless you greatly for his glory. Thank you for listening to the Baptist Bulletin Podcast. The regular Baptist network of ministries exists to make disciples through healthy local churches. If you like this podcast, subscribe to your podcast platform of choice. You can find out more about our ministries at garbc.org and follow Regular Baptist Ministries on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.